Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, Albie. Yeah. I have a declaration. Oh, God. I'm bisexual. Who is the lucky recipient of your um, newfound affections? Do you believe I'm bisexual? Yes. Uh, really? <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> Do you think anybody? I believe who's you. Gay I hear your. I hear your truth. Do you think anybody <laughs> looks like this who <laughs> expects to part time thrive in the gay community? I have no good gay traits other than you're the man of the house. Other than that, the, uh, only well, the no, bad gay traits. No, but gay guys are the man of the house. That's true. That's yeah. True. Any gay couple I've known, and there've been quite a few. At least one is total alpha. You only have bad street traits, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, no, obviously I'm not bisexual. I mean, really, you I like rom coms. I have to prove to you again. Do I have to knock you up again? <laughs> I mean, how many times am I going to have to go through this dog and pony show? Uh, okay, no. Okay. Um, no, this is my declaration. All dinosaurs are a lie, and it's been proven <laughs> so often. We talk about this because I've been going to the Boston Museum of Science. Since the 70s. Mm-hmm. And way back then... The 70s were totally different. They didn't know what yeah, we know they now. They had the little paintbrushes and pretended to play in pits and and put the wrong hands with the wrong dinosaur. But so, and the, the, the pterodactyls back then were all naked and had <laughs> reptilian skin. Right. And now they've added fur to the pterodactyl. I'm pretty sure pterodactyls were just big birds, actually. I think they were all big birds and roosters <laughs> of different kinds. Here we go. Guess what? Wow. Oh, the settled science about dinosaurs. Once again, not so settled. Washington Post. Bulkier, slender. Megalodon. Have you heard of Megalodon? I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. Yes. Megalodon's study reignites debate over extinct shark. The extinct shark Megalodon. What is 
actually Megalodon. Megalodon is, is often imagined as a beefy, supersized, great white mm-hmm. with a gaping maw of point, pointy teeth, capping off a powerful body that spanned fifty feet from nose to tail. Yeah, now I think it, this featured in the first of the newer Jurassic worlds. I'm pretty sure. Now a team of more than two dozen scientists argues that the Megalodon has been misunderstood and may have been slimmer and longer than previous estimates. The new study published in the journal Paleontologia Electronica, might as well just be uh, L. Ron Hubbard's book, (laughs) is the latest chapter in an ongoing scientific dispute about what this apex marine predator really looked like. Let me tell you what the Megalodon looked like. Megalodon? Yeah. It looked like every other freaking fish at the time. That's what it looked like. I mean... The, the pterodactyl is just a bird with fur. The Tyrannosaurus rex is a bird that didn't have hands like that, obviously. Might have had- well, I think... I guess what kind of radicalized me on dinosaurs... I mean, although... I mean, I think something was there, but it's hard to say exactly what. But I think the thing that radicalized me was at the Museum of Science when I realized that all the skeletons there, like, they're not real skeletons. They're, like, models. They find, like, part of a rib and they, like, extrapolate a whole dinosaur. Well, right. And that's the They whole find, thing. like, a bunch of little pieces and, and then... Right. This is totally theoretical. They're like, well, this looks like this, so we'll assume this animal was like this. And when, what do you do when you want to get more funding for something? You, made the, you make the field more exciting. Right. Climate I mean, science think- is not interesting unless the world's going to end soon i mean there were obviously some big animals that we no longer have and i think you can extrapolate some stuff and sometimes they will find stuff they did find one dinosaur that was like fossilized as is like encased in some kind of mud or something Mm. that they saw and it looked pretty like like something you know so there's obviously something there, but they do rehash it a lot. And like the pterodactyls, like you mentioned at the Museum of Science, look totally different today. They're all like all furry with little puffy yes. feathers compared to when I was a kid. They look totally different. They did take down the old T Rex from when I was a kid because they said it was not accurate. And right. now there's an all new one there. There's a so, new, not accurate T Rex. But you know, they're working on but it. But they put a little Christmas hat on them every Christmas. So there you go. <laughs> All a lie. All a lie. At least they give us their pronouns when they're giving us presentations about the science. Oh, yeah. And they tell us... Uh, that's right. And what else do they tell us um, about the um, lands that we're on, the occupied lands? Oh, right. Yeah. Thank goodness. Okay. So- Speaking of institutions that are absolutely, totally BS and debunked, mm-hmm. Harvard also now has feathers, Alice. Chair of Harvard's new anti-Semitism task force accused of anti-Semitism. Harvard University has created a task force to fight anti-Semitism on campus, and the effort is already embroiled in controversy. The co-chair of the school's newly appointed Presidential Task Force on Combating Anti-Semitism once declared, veins of hatred run through Jewish civilization, according to Uh. his 2023 book. You know, you don't have to go that far back into this guy's writings, but maybe last year's book. Maybe we'll start there. Uh. Israel's dispossession of Palestinians from their land and oppression of those who remain there have made it one of the most disliked countries in the planet, Jewish history professor Derek Pensler claimed in his tome, Zionism, an emotional state. Uh, He's in an emotional state. Yes, in which he wrote, so this is the guy who's in charge of the task force to protect the Jews from anti-Semitic, okay. 
Um, Jewish culture was steeped in fantasies and occasionally acts of vengeance against Christians, he wrote. Task Force announced Friday comes as the university continues to roil in the fallout from recently ousted President Claudine Gay, reports of anti-Semitic um, and Islamic, Islamophobic acts on our campus have grown. How come they always have to have the Islamophobic acts? Do you they think? have to have both. Yeah. You can't address anti-Semitism without addressing Islamophobia at the same time. That reminds me, by the way, of um, in Hartford, there were the pro-Hamas people who had a march over the weekend in which they put their bloody hands with paint on a a Jewish-owned jewelry store and uh-huh. had all these signs saying, you know, to, to, to get Israel this and Israel that and Zionist this and, and stop using this company, which which funds Israel weapons programs, you know, all those things. Right. They did yep. the same thing in Cambridge. And all with the exception of one media outlet who's making the case that it could have been an anti-Semitic thing, none of them are calling it anti-Semitism. They're calling it vandalism. Oh, oh, of course. I mean, imagine the outrage if there were some kind of widespread neo-Nazi movement, which there's not, but there's just like teeny occasional weird weird whack jobs off the internet that there's like 12 of them and they have a parade. But imagine like there was a parade and they were like, we need to address the anti-Semitism and the Germanophobia that exist in our society today and people would be like what german phobia (laughs) oh yeah yeah. there could be potential hate crimes against germans we just have to be really careful with this stuff you know why don't you denounce all forms of hate like because obviously that would be an insane thing to do so listen to this i'm gonna read we'll we'll get back to harvard in a second this is another write-up of this thing listen to this pro-palestine uh rally led to vandalism west hartford um some of the protesters posted signs at 65 LaSalle Road. That's the jewelry place. Also vandalized with red paint, according to the police. The signs appeared to be targeting Eagle Investment Systems. Some of the signs read Eagle Investment Systems is funding genocide and shut Elbit, which is another weapons company for Israeli stuff, mm-hmm. shut Elbit down. Elbit Systems is a company that produces drones and other electronics which holds multiple contracts with the Israeli Defense Ministry, according to its website. Now listen to this, Alice. BNY Mellon, the parent company of Eagle Invest- mm-hmm. Investment Systems, released a statement Sunday. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. What do you think the statement, after people put red paint all over the door where their offices are, what do you think the statement's going to read? Um, something about Islamophobia? Or No. Might as well. This is a statement that BNY Mellon put out there after their place was plastered plastered with blood paint Uh and angry posters by pro-Hamas forces. Protesters targeting BNY Mellon may not have the right facts. We do not invest in Elbit systems, as it is not part of our securities portfolio. (laughs) The safety and well-being of our employees and clients continues to be our highest priority. I take it back. It would have made more sense to denounce Islamophobia. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Oh, no, guys, just so you know, there are no Jews here in our attic, but there might be yeah, in the we attic definitely, down there. We do not support. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we wouldn't no. be colonizers. We're not. The, what a pussy statement that is. Yeah. God, don't be Jewish. And if you are, have a gun. This is not a safe time to be Jewish. Um, Okay, back to Harvard. So that was just a few days ago for Harvard. Um... There is the latest thing 
is just broke today. Harvard Teaching Hospital, this is out of the New York Post, are to retract papers by top researchers following data falsification probe. Ugh. A Harvard University-affiliated teaching hospital, it's Dana-Farber, is seeking to retract a, in, or correct dozens of papers authored by four of its top researchers, including the hospital's CEO, following a probe into allegations of data falsification. The Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston has already initiated six retractions to papers and 31 others are in process of being corrected. The hospital's research integrity officer, Dr. Barrett Rollins, confirmed the Harvard Crimson. Um, the corrections follow claims of data falsification leveled against cancer institutes. CEO Dr. Laura Glimcher, Chief Operating Officer William Hahn, and two others, doesn't matter. The latest accusations come just weeks after Harvard University President Claudine Gay resigned from her post after she had been embroiled in her own plagiarism scandal. All four of the Dana-Farber researchers' faculty appointments uh, have faculty appointments with Harvard. News of the probe surfaced after a data sleuth, Sholto David, published a blog earlier this month alleging irregularities in a total of 57 papers. Yeah. The exact nature of the retractions or corrections wasn't immediately known, but the online sleuth had previously uh, alleged elements of data forgery tied to discrepancies in images, including duplications of blots, bands, and plots. It also wasn't clear if the Institute had uncovered any evidence of misconduct during its probe. The hospital's research integrity officer said that although discrepancies were identified in some of the papers, it didn't necessarily prove evidence of an author's intent to deceive. Right. Yeah. So, and we've talked about this a little bit before um, about, well, for example, in the social sciences, there's a huge like replication crisis with papers. This also exists in some of the hard sciences, particularly medicine. I don't know if people like call that a hard science or not necessarily, but, you know, like we were saying with the dinosaurs, the, the bias, it's not even necessarily like a political bias or a follow the money bias in the traditional sense. It's not that like somebody's paying these researchers to get certain results out of some nefarious motive. It's more that that there's a bias in science towards spectacular results. Well, you know, there's a bias towards saying course. you discovered a really cool new dinosaur. There's a bias yes. towards saying you've like made some big breakthrough for cancer or for Alzheimer's or whatever. Right. Right. Like there was a whole big Alzheimer's thing upon which all the theory of how Alzheimer's works and like the brain plaques and stuff and that, all that stuff. And it turned out a bunch of those images in that were fabricated, like made right. up. There's there's a real problem because researchers have an incentive to either exaggerate their results or to outright falsify results to look like they got something interesting when they didn't get something. Yes, because yes. like people lot... are dying from pot overdoses with vaping pens. Right. So, and the thing is is that people don't people just don't end up publishing results that don't find anything. Right? So if I come up with this idea of like a new drug that might work or whatever and we do all these studies and we don't find out that it has any impact we're just going to throw the whole thing out if we get a null result if we can't find any difference between that and a placebo yep so the which costs money obviously you right. need some roi or you want some roi right and you want your next project to be funded and you want ever like all of this stuff and so you need to, the incentives are extremely strong for researchers to 
fudge data. Right? And not even in ways that they might think are like that crazy unethical or something. It just they might choose a way of looking at it that doesn't make sense statistically. Or they might like choose an amount of statistical significance that doesn't really make sense for the study. Like they're screwing around with stuff that's like sort of in the weeds statistically, but there are traces sometimes. I mean, we saw this stuff with like standardized test results is that, you know, teachers would like fix some of the question answers here and there on their kids stuff. And they would you were able to like find it statistically because when people try and make up random data, people are really bad at generating randomness and it has hallmarks. People will either like use the same numbers too much or they won't have like too enough repetition close together. That's like one thing. A lot of times if you randomly generate numbers, there's a lot more repetition than people have when they try and have numbers when they try and make up random numbers. So a lot of that can be caught, um, but well, but there are but there are really bad incentives in science, and the whole field is like th- this isn't going to be the only ones. If they really start going through these papers and trying to find cheating and frauds, they will find it, and they will find it. And like this is my point to some people too when people talk about like big pharma, right, fudging data and stuff, is. Of course, they're fudging data, right? On the margins, like I mean, they're they're fudging data wherever they can, just like everybody else is, because they're all trying to come out with a result that they can get published, so they can apply for their next grant or whatever. Because there's not money in or glory in saying I had this idea and like nothing came of it, even though that's still useful information. It's useful to prove that something doesn't work too. Well, right, but it's also a huge exercise in confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, you want it to be, and it's the same thing happens with news stories that decide that uh, anti-Semitist attack on a Jew- Jewish jeweler's place is vandalism that happened near a protest. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you didn't want it to be. Had somebody found a news somewhere, I get the feeling the headline would have been much- anti-Black terrorism. Exactly. But also, this is totally evidenced by the stuff that James Lindsay did and his team a few years ago. Right. Remember, they created all these fake papers, um, which I just read a bunch of um, actual media write-ups for. Mm-hmm. Because the media had to, including uh, Reason Magazine, had to report a cor- correction or an addition at the end saying, by the way, it turns out the whole thing was a hoax. The existence of a monthly journal focused on feminist geography is a sign of something gone awry in academia. The journal in question, Gender, Place, and Culture, published a paper online in May whose author claimed to have spent a year observing canine sexual misconduct in Portland and Oregon. The author admits that my own anthropocentric frame makes it difficult to judge animal consent. Still, the paper claims that dog parks are petri dishes for canine rape culture and issues a call for awareness. Anyway... This whole thing was laundered, was fake, but they knew it would be too good to be true and that these publications would eat it up. Right. So they, they put out, they polluted, James Lindsay and his team polluted uh, um, everybody with these hoax papers. The hoax right. papers. And the problem is, is what that demonstrates is that the scientific community has virtually no guardrails on determining what's good science and what's not. That the phrase peer-reviewed means absolutely nothing. Right. That they haven't put any thought into 
vetting any of this information or the papers that come out. They're unable to replicate them when well-meaning people try and get the same results by doing the experiment again. Much of the time, they cannot find the same results. I mean, and, and then so, what happens to those people? Right. Then they don't publish what they or have they or they get in trouble. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, like, for example, an, another huge example that was really big in the social sciences was, do you remember um, years back, there was a big study that showed that um, if you if you knew or talked to a gay person, if you like got introduced to a gay person, then your views on gay marriage would change. This was way back when, like, gay marriage was still oh, a really? thing, pre-2016, pre-Obergefell. Uh, and and um, that, it turns out, was totally debunked. Like, there's no there's no change. You can't just right. bring a gay person to somebody's door and introduce them and have them change their views on gay marriage. It doesn't work like that. And, and so nobody was able to replicate those results, and it's just made up. But all these newspapers went out and published it because it sounds exactly like what they want to think which is that there's like just some ignorance in in the population that didn't want gay marriage and so they you know they went out there with that and they all wrote articles about it and it turns out not to have been true at all but it, this just exemplifies why all the like believe science crowd has it totally upside down and backwards well right and these these people cite this stuff mm -hmm. francis collins and fauci and the rest of them cite these studies and reviews like with right. such great big esteem and these guys must know for sure this is called cooked bs but it's cooked mm -hmm. bs that's that's persuadable in the in the direction they like right and and i think it's funny because you know it's not that anybody's claiming that like the suburban Ohio mom who's online reading about mRNA and graphene magnetizing your body in the vaccine. It's not like she has some important scientific insight that Fauci doesn't have, right? Like, I'm not claiming that she's like smarter or knows more or has done more research and knows stuff. I'm just saying that the scientific process that's so much ballyhooed by all these people and like they know so much more... It turns out that for actually knowing what's going on in the moment, it's pretty much useless. It's well, fine in like hindsight to talk about why things happened the way they did or to understand stuff. But there's so much conflicting information and science itself as a field is so bad and so rife with perverse incentives yeah. that... That you cannot evaluate all this stuff as it's happening, as yeah, the studies this, are coming out. This... It takes time. It's funny, you know, years ago, there was um, a big mathematics proof that was, it was the four color map problem. I don't know if you've heard of this, but anyway. So, and somebody came out with like a computer, a computer came up with a proof for it, right? And... And it was a big deal at the time and it was all and so then somebody was like, you know, I had been talking to like a professor or something about it and said, you know, well, this is great. Well, now it's proven. And they were like, I don't know. The mathematicians are going to have to like sit with it for a while and like read the proof and like think about it and decide if they think it's true or not. And like it was such a moment for me where I was like, they have to do what? Because you think of it that way as like science. This study proved this. And now we know that fact. But that's really not how it is. It's much more like a 
this is a way of thinking about things. And if we use this way of thinking about things, that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We see this result and like we see this result. So now what does that mean? And kind of it's... Science is weird. It's like far weirder than this sort of fact-based iterative process like you think of. I mean, right? Like think about even something as sort of settled, quote unquote, as atomic science, right? Because you learn in school that there's an atom and there's protons and neutrons in the middle in the nucleus. And then there's like electrons flying around the outside, right? And there's like two electrons in this little ring flying around the outside. And you can talk about how like, two atoms share an electron or don't share an electron etc but it turns out that in actuality there's much more like a probability field of where the electron is and you know we're talking about things with like quantum mechanics that aren't as easily understood so all the science of this whole thing is you know just like a way of explaining it or like a way of thinking about it that's somewhat useful under mm. certain circumstances and to like repeat as fact that the electron is flying around the outside is like sort of so it's being used as a pragmatic and illustrative model right and all of our understanding of the universe is modeling right like right. the picture that our brain makes of the world around us is a model based on like little light signals mm-hmm. that are going into our eyes and we're just you know creating a model based on that that for the most part like works for us you know and and so all of science is necessarily going to be uncertain and as you get into weirder science like quantum mechanics or relativity or whatever it becomes more and more abstract and it's weird because it's you know, they act like there's this level of certainty about something when you call it science, and it's just, like, not so. But it's used, it's weaponized to to be used as a battering ram to force radical ideas um, into becoming practice. And so, so this is why this is so dangerous. This is from Connecticut, uh, Family Institute of Connecticut. Connecticut is paying for genital mutilation of minors as young as 15. Um, as the Commission for Women, Children, and Seniors gets ready to host a panel in January 25, that the Connecticut's Husky Program, which is the medical program in Connecticut, has paid for the genital mutilation of gender dysphoric girls. The double mastectomies of uh, minor girls were done specifically to treat gender dysphoria. 
Um, my breasts were beautiful. Now they've been incinerated for nothing. Thank you, Modern Medicine, says national activist Chloe Cole, who has sued doctors who removed both of her breasts. And it shows here the age 16, 17, 16, 15, um, who have had these surgeries done. So now mm -hmm. uh, something like that is absolute butcher butchery and horrific. Unless, of course, you're placated and assuaged by a bunch of peer-reviewed studies that tell you, in fact, this will save lives. Right. In which case, it's not butchery. It's, uh, you know, the last second salvation for somebody, which is why this stuff is so freaking, academia is so poisoned. Poisoned. We talk about the halls of academia being taken. I mean, this just, just shows you. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is in the end. Yeah. So, oh, it, but like this there's going to be peer-reviewed studies telling us how how important and necessary it is for minor attracted persons to have join the company of, of children, and how that's a, it's totally okay. Yeah, yeah, of course there are, and I think the point with like the dinosaurs or the cancer research, obviously, there's no like political activist that's doing the cancer research stuff. I but don't believe that. You think it's those cancer moonshot stuff? I think it could be moonshot stuff. I think it could be pharma companies. I well, think maybe, but I think it also just exemplifies how rotten all these fields are top to bottom and how it's made them easy prey to these ideological activists, right? Like people come in with these ideologies and it's so easy. Like the James Lindsay type of people proved that. They proved how easy it is to take advantage of how absolutely unserious all these fields and journals and scientists are and you know like you can laugh at it but there's i think i think it almost raises this bigger question which is like even as there are people doing big stuff like elon musk and there's like these ai things and you know that are that are changing fields and industries it really makes you wonder if academia is doing anything of value anymore no totally right totally. like maybe academia has gotten to all the low-hanging scientific fruit now at this point well yes and now they're creating these yellow brick roads using media and um and activism to create yellow brick roads of fantasy land BS like this. Of all the shots that she has hit over the years, Hayley Davidson never expected to find herself at the center of a political storm around transgender athletes competing against women in elite sport. For a lot of people, because you- Hayley Davidson is a man who is at least six and a half feet tall, who towers over the other man reporter. Born a man, mm -hmm. you clearly have an advantage. Mm -hmm. Do you accept that? Honestly, I 100% I agree. You know, the men do have advantages. Um, you know, say you get a trans person on hormones for a year, no surgery, nothing. Good. Of course, they're, for the most part, they're, yeah, they're going to have an advantage. I don't believe trans people should be banned from sports, but I do believe there need to be guidelines in effect. Why do you think people have... By the way, Haley, you can self-guideline if you'd like to. Yeah. But also, you know, what's the most offensive part of this whole, like, framework of, yeah, sure, men have advantages, but if you take these hormones that mess you up for long enough, you'll be just like the other women, is this concept that women are just smaller, defective men. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know what? Like, 
you would have an advantage being a man, but we'll just ruin your body and make you weaker and more pathetic and smaller <laughs> and worse bone density. And you'll be just like the other women. Now you're one of them. See, like it's so offensive. <laughs> you, now you're one of them, except an exceptionally more talented one of them. Such a big problem with you competing in women's golf in particular. I don't understand it. I don't get what the, the fear of me, one person, is doing. The 31-year-old, who was the first male-born golfer to win a professional women's event, is speaking out exclusively after revealing she's received a number of death threats just days after winning this women's tournament. Are you worried about your safety? A little bit. Yeah, I, I but don't mostly not because I can beat up any of my attackers. Yes, <laughs> much because of that, I'm not you know going out at night. You know, I, I watch myself when I sit in a restaurant. You know, I'll always have my back to a wall. Three years on. From By the way, gender- that's another weird fetish about all this. I see like the trans, the whatever I forget which way it is. Trans, trans women who are like men being women. They always say this. Oh, I'm in so much danger if I'm yes. in I can't be alone at night. Like it's like a weird like rapey fantasy that they have that they're going to be even though he's like a six and a half foot tall dude like he's really well, seems I mean, to be, they the, really seem to be enjoying the thought of themselves like being ambushed alone at night and like too weak to overpower their attackers like really well I mean but there's a lot of death by misadventure for some of these cats yeah mostly when they're out at night pretending to be or yes or a lot of there's a lot of um unique on unique violence that happens out there Mm, yeah even this um the actor who was in hunger games this like trans actress that they keep pushing on us hunter schaefer Mm -hmm. um like if you go through his old instagram posts and stuff it's all like violent like rapey fantasy stuff mm. breaking news alice uh-huh. breaking news in a 5-4 decision the supreme court says it will allow border patrol agents to remove razor wire installed by the state of texas at the u.s mexico border the emergency request filed by the biden administration argued that texas was preventing border patrol from carrying out their duties. Again, breaking news, breaking news and Border Patrol will be allowed to cut down that razor wire, as you see right there. Yay! A lot of people are upset about this. I mean, and I get it, because we need to do something about the border, but also I think that this is hardly a favor to the Biden administration. Uh, no. Like, this just continues their issue. You would think the Biden administration would want to get out of the way and let Texas enforce the border so they could get credit for some kind of um, organization at the border or some kind of reduction in the number of people coming across. But apparently they don't. Apparently they're just gluttons for punishment and they want to keep this going that badly. Yeah. No. I mean, in t- as much as the media is trying to suppress it, it, you are ticking off a core constituency of the Democrats who are saying enough of this stuff. I thought Black Lives Matter, how come you're t- giving all our resources away? And this is happening in yeah, big Yeah, how come cities. you're taking away our kids' high school to house migrants? Last story, Alice, before we go, I know you're a big fan of book banning because you're a pur- Puritan. Um, Joy Reid and this lady, mm-hmm. um, what's her name? This lady, what's her name? The Moms for Liberty lady. His last name is Justice, I think. Um, got in a really good debate, actually, on... Um, Tiffany Justice 
on, quote, book banning. The question I'm asking is, what is the expertise that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a book, an award-winning book like All Boys Aren't Blue, isn't appropriate for students to read? What, what is your expertise? What a tragic story of a young man who's anally raped by his adult family member. So you have incest, rape, pedophilia. Joy, you said you'd let me answer, so sure. I'm going to answer Please for you. Please do. Um, in what context is a strap-on dildo acceptable for public school? Just let, I mean, that's my question mm-hmm. to you. Tell me what the context around the strap-on dildo or the rape of a minor child by a teacher. Hold on a second. No, no, no. no, no. no wait, We're talking on. about no, public no, no. school. One, one moment. All right. So now you've asked me questions. Sure. Well, I'm going to answer it. Okay. Well, who is the main character? What's the name of the main character in All Boys? That's not the answer, but... You're asking me right now. You just gave me very specific information about this book, so you're pl- presenting yourself as somebody expert. It's the gentleman... Hold on. The main, who's the main character in the, the book? The main character is the author. Who's the, What's his name? George, I believe is his first because name. Because you're giving me very specific information that is you're presenting asking to remember the name of an author. You the just name remembered of the author very specific names. Joy. Here's my We're question. We're talking about the, the very specific information she gave you. A bullet points were all horrifically graphic things. Yeah, and by the way, she just asked you what context would make this appropriate. And Joy Reid said, "I'm going to answer." Right. And the answer was, "What's the name of the main character?" Yeah, you failed the character <laughs> quiz. You didn't answer my no, question. No, no, no. I'm going to. I'm going to answer. Great. Your I would love to hear that. Absolutely. Well, I, you, I'm interviewing you, and you're not interviewing me. So let's just make sure it's a oh, conversation. Oh, okay. said- so what I'm saying to you is that as you are not an expert in this book, I don't have to hold be an expert. No, 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 hold on a second. Aren't one moment. For one moment. School. I mean, this come on, let's book get real. is a full context story as you said, of the author's experience. Why is it your right or a Moms for Liberty activist's right to say that a parent who wants their child to have access to this book, which gives a personal experience of this author, that they, that why doesn't a liberal parent, for instance, or a parent of an LGBTQ kid, why don't they have a right for their child to just have access to this book? Why is it your right to say they can't? So again, we're talking about incest, rape, and pedophilia. Well, first of all, do the parents of LGP T Yeah or, or, do they not have the right to show their no, kids? They the have book? the right to get to see the book. She's not advocating for it not to be published right. or not to be available for purchase on Amazon. The yes. way the way, by the way, the left actually does about books that they don't like. Yes, they want them out of existence. Right. And nobody to be able to read them. This is just about you reading it to my kid in the school. Right, or it being in a library in the school where the kid could bump into it. Right. Because it's in with all the other children's books. And each parent... Each parent has to decide what is appropriate for their child to exactly, read. Exactly, so Joy. You congratulations. You agree with Moms for the Right. <laughs> so I'm going to ask so you one more time. Right. What is your right to tell a parent who wants their child, who might feel seen by this story, why See, don't oh they gosh. have the right? Why don't they have the right as a parent to by say... By the way... There's a left um, weasel words. Might feel seen. Feel mm-hmm. seen is part of a huge network of ridiculous uh, progressive construction that is not tethered to anything. It's conceptual. So feel seen can mean all sorts of different things. Can mean feel good. Can mean um, feel uh, curious. Can mean anything. Because it's but it's put in the words feel seen. You need to be feel se- to feel seen. Say, my child can have access to this book. If a child feels seen by this story, that means that they have been uh, the victim of a predator. That means that they have 
either been raped by a family member. They, they they've experienced. Um, and your proof of that is what you just said that What's the child feels seen by this story. They, so they, they, what, no, 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 what no, no, I'm no, no, saying, no. Joy, you're now making assumptions. No, about Joy, it, but, no, no. but if a Let child me has been raped, make assumptions. Can't make assumptions. Yeah. We didn't, what, I didn't what say the what party feels seen. What does she mean on. by feel seen then? Right. Well, so if it's feel seen because the kid in the book goes on a fishing trip, then you don't need to be raped by his uncle Park. <laughs> we should do a lot you better than put a book now on a library. You're literally shelf. creating a story behind give... a child that you don't know. Let me show you a form. This is a form. Behind a child that you don't know. We know enough. We know that on page 37, he's raped. So we know that part. And that's really what we're concerned with. That's the problem with <sighs> Park. You know, it's not the forward or the book award that it gets shock of all shocks. <laughs> Speaking of institutions, never believe. Anytime you see a gold seal in a book, run like hell. That can be obtained. Yeah, she wants to. So she, Joy Reid hands her an opt-out thing. So you can take this to your school and opt-out. By default, everybody's going to be opt-in to all the kids' sex. But you exactly. can take this to school and opt-out. Alice, is, time, is it time for the hot sauce? It is. Um, that would be the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce. They bring us the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline, where you can leave a message for the show on the chat chat. All right, Alice, are you ready? I think we've I'm got ready. two messages. I hope you're ready. So ready. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, come on. i got three different sets of tabs. Sorry about that. All right, Alice, you ready? Ready. Here we go. Get ready. Three messages. Uh-oh. I don't know if you uh, you saw this, but Tim Scott's engaged to a white lady. Mm-hmm. We yes, all thought indeed. he was gay. We I don't didn't know, get maybe to any New a... Hampshire politics, by the way. Nikki Haley was also discriminated as yeah. a child. Yeah, it's a pathetic thing. She said that she wasn't allowed to do beauty contests because they didn't know how to uh, where to place her. It's funny because before you know the 2020s, nobody knew what to do with anybody who wasn't white. Nobody had an idea. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, now I see people calling him, calling her a beard and going after the fact that he's engaged to a white woman. I don't, you know, I don't care that he's, quote unquote, engaged to a white woman. People are very suspicious of the fact that this man is straight. <laughs> Excuse me. What well, else? Um... I don't think gayness is an identity per se. I think if he wants to in his life be married to a woman and that it's none of our business what his underlying sexual desires might or might not be. I mean like Or could it be vice presidential desires? Uh I think it could be vice presidential desires, but but I guess my point is like if somebody is quote gay and wants to be married to a woman for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons, to have kids, to build a life together to be vice president whatever it might be like i don't know and like good for them yeah tim scott's a good guy you know like i like Tim Scott. pretty pretty i like tim scott she seems nice never heard of her until last night at 10 o'clock when he became engaged i don't think anybody had she had not been with him on the campaign trail or anything but you know like i I mean i don't know what what do people want to do you know if he's a christian and that's his like way of living his faith is that's where he needs to be is in that relationship whatever the relationship is like good for him i don't know wow usually homophobic alice shattuck uh what do you mean is both barrels now now all what? good wait no i mean oh, i'm not good. saying dylan mulvaney you had in the stocks and uh well, because dylan mulvaney is 
promoting things that are evil and abusive to children. Tim Scott is promoting Christianity and being married to a woman, so I have no problems. Like, I so these are all the uh, female NFL owners: um, Lions, Bengals, Bears, Seahawks, and possibly soon to be Colts. So there's five right there. Right. So there is no. Uh, Breaking the glass ceiling. Well, um, I have no problem with that. Women are vicious competitors. Absolutely. That that lady who was like, who was dancing during the lockdown with her college, like twerking, that was hot. All for it. No problemo. Hi, Steve from Aramac. Hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. I'm I'm in the middle of a very weird moment. With Mrs. Steve from Aramac, oh. and I, the only place I feel I can turn is the chat chat. Please. Um, so I'm watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose to the Detroit Lions yesterday, minding my own business. And my beautiful, wonderful wife comes walking up to me and says, hey, I'd really like for us to go to that Nikki Haley oh. rally in Salem, New Hampshire, at oh. the Tuscan Village tomorrow night, Oof. Chris Sununo is going to be introducing <laughs> her! Exclamation point. Like, like she's uh. a Swifty for freaking Nikki. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, who do you think you're talking to here? Uh. Oh my god! I didn't know how to react! So I just said to her, darling, I love you very much, <laughs> but if Ronald Reagan himself... <laughs> And Abraham Lincoln, we're introducing Nikki Haley tomorrow night. I would rather vomit blood out my eyeballs <laughs> than go to that rally. Okay? God almighty, what is happening? Is she a pod person? Is this like invasion of the body snatchers? Help! Yeah, that is a tough one. That said, Steve, you're in New England, and she's not going to a Liz Warren rally. So uh, let's you know choose our battles. I, I and also another thing. Yeah, we're going to need the Nikki Haley people come November. There's so. a certain kind of classy intelligent woman that I don't want wearing a maga hat. I I, I, I it's okay if they vote for Trump, but I I don't want certain kinds of people to be over enthusiastic in your face, you know, sailboat parade maga f you. Maybe I'm, Mrs. Steve from Merrimack is like a country club Republican. Oh, well, he does have money. Merrimack is mm. mucho rich. Hmm, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe you should just embrace the fact that you're a rhino. You're up there. Well, it's Merrimack Mass, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, so he's not really a rhino. He's up he's up here. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it could be worse than Nikki Haley. But, you know, once again, women loved Sex in the City and there was never a funny scene on any Sex in the fi- City. Ever and it's it speaks badly of women as a species that you guys ever like that shame for shame smaller defective men like like our friends in in the trans sports debate have determined Um, anyway so thank you all for listening I have to go to play rehearsal not for me for one of the kids and um, we will see you tomorrow for the New Hampshire primary maybe we should live stream something on Twitter or something like that we'll see Twitter space breaking down the results I don't know but in the meantime you can join patreon.com slash burnbell or burnbellpodcast.com
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.